this pop-up podcast from the devil of detail i'm rob parkson and uh, i'm here talking all things salford red devils 30 years ago this week salford red devils faced halifax at old trafford in the second division premiership final a fantastic occasion for both sides salford red devils were victorious 27 points to 20 a glorious day for all concerned the next two shows this week to celebrate that fantastic day 30 years ago we managed to speak to players and club officials about the uh, the game and uh, bring back the memories of that fantastic day in this particular podcast i managed to speak to sulfur devils legendary commentator steve rammy Ramsbottom, who was there commentating on the game and uh, he gave us his view about the game and the events surrounding it enjoy so I'm joined by legendary Salford commentator Steve Rammy Ramsbottom <laughs> to talk us uh, through this fantastic Premiership Second Division final. Steve, what a fantastic day for, for everyone and including yourself. Oh, yes, you're quite right. It's 30 years ago, as we know, but sometimes it's, it's still very much in my, my mind. And first of all, it was because it was a big occasion for me because it was that year, 1991, that I started doing the commentating of the club video. And, and in those days, there was no way of particularly seeing matches again. Once they'd, once they'd been played, then you didn't see highlights you see now because there was no coverage. And then... The rugby league in the late 80s decided to have video coverage in case there'd been any incident that needed reviewing. And then the clubs all decided to get together and make commercial use of this. And so every match uh, during this year and two seasons before. And so it was my first season. I was doing it with a smashing boat called Jim Arneson. He used to write in the programme sometimes. And he had a lovely way of presenting it in a very sort of laid back urbane sort of way. And I really enjoyed working with him and when we got to the final day um, I didn't think it was going to be me what they'd said at Old Trafford was they could only have one one of us and I'm not very clear on why it was just me so the excitement for me to go to Old Trafford and know I was going up on the gantry was unbelievable to start off with I was like I was like a young kid I was like you when you were 11 and I was getting on I wasn't a youngster but inside I was a youngster that day and I went up there and not only that I found out that there wasn't many people on the gantry and the only other person on the gantry and you won't believe this was David Watkins with a microphone and he was he was reporting for Radio 5 and uh, I got to have a chat with him at half time in between him doing a bit for, for Radio 5. And it was just brilliant. Absolutely. One of the highlight days of my life. What was the build up like, obviously, going into the game as, as the commentator? Oh, did well, you take extra sort of precautions, extra stats put up? Or? Well, it's difficult. A good question, that, Robin. It's difficult to know what to do. You've got to put it in the context of the whole season. Uh, now, that season, it was. I'm going to say an awful word. I'm going to say it was only Division 2, because in those days you're in Division 1 and Division 2, none of this Super League and Championship, and you're in third division before you have League 1. So you knew where you were up to. It was the second tier. But it started off the whole season, because Salford started off upbeat right from day one. Um, but Kevin Tamatier got them all in. Uh, working earlier, training better before, and the game started. And I can remember, I don't know why I remember this so clearly, but at half past 10, round our breakfast table with my lad, I said, How do you fancy going to 
Rochdale today. This is the very first day of the season that we went up to Rochdale, which had been, been promoted that year. We were down in first division. And uh, we got there for half past 11, which was a major achievement. And Silver actually whacked them. And we thought, hang on, this is going to be a bit special. As it was, because we had we got to the Lancashire Cup final. Can you believe that? From the second division. And uh, me and Jim did the commentary on that game. And we were told there was no witness man that day. So could we be as impartial as possible? <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought we were very impartial until I heard that we had to delete the commentary from the witness fan. Now, witness fans bought it because it was a victory for them. In the end, but a narrow one, 24-18 or something like that. And Southern went so close. And that's how the season went on, that they did so well in all the big games. So uh, right throughout the season, all they did was lose one match and draw one match, and then they had the playoffs. Now, the strange formula of that year was that they were going to play Halifax. They'd not actually played Halifax in the season because there were too many teams in this big uh, Division Two, as it were. So the Halifax were the unknown quantity. And before the game, there'd been three playoff games and Salford had drawn one against Workington on the Sunday and had to go to redo the replay at Workington on the Tuesday, which fortunately ran. I remember going up to Workington for that game. And then the Saturday later, I don't even think it was Sunday, it was back to Old Trafford. So it was a relatively short turnaround. Uh, and there'd been a few injuries. And uh, for example, David Fell wasn't there. And David Fell had scored a lot of goals in that season. So it all came down to Halifax. So, yes, there was a lot of tension. I knew that Halifax had a good team. They were second in the league. Salford were top, and they, out of the 28 matches, they'd won 26, lost one, and drawn one. They'd lost 7-0 against Workington for some reason. Workington were, I think, fourth in the end. Uh, Halifax, they played 28, and they only won 24. So there was a five-point cushion, but we knew that there was no doubt Halifax were the second-best team. They had two key players. One was Greg Austin, who was unbelievably fast and had played for Salford a few years earlier. And he, he, nobody could touch him. And even though he was five years older than when he played for Salford, he was still just a standout player. And also a big forward called Hill, who was like twice the, twice the size of anybody else. And we knew it was Yorkshire roughness. So that's when, they, so that was the tension. And then we were picking up on things before the game. Kevin Tamati had been playing. Uh, they'll always be in England. Or was it Real Britannia? Or one of these stirring songs on the coach to get everybody motivated. It sounds like it was a, a sort of really emotional uh, sort of start to the day, really. All the fans and all the players really getting whipped up into that sort of emotional Absolutely. moment, Steve. Absolutely. And, and for me in particular, because I walked up onto the gantry and, and here was the first, first disappointment how awful the state of the Old Trafford pitch was that day in 1991. It was the end of the season, both rugby and football, and there was bare patches all over it. I mean, we played on better grounds at Batley and Workington and all those places. I just couldn't believe, because I've never been to Old Trafford any other time, what a mess the pitch was. Give us a rundown on that on the team that played that day. Well, it was... The names in the, in the team, you can just remember all of them because they, they were really first division players at the time in, in the second division. 
and they'd all stayed loyal to the club to get them back into the first division. And that's what they did at the first attempt, thanks to the win uh, against Halifax. Steve Gibson, well, just, uh, well, they're all Tex Evans on the wing. Such a joy to watch. He was such a, a fun player. Um, Martin Burkett, about whom I remember Tex Evans saying that if it hadn't been for Martin, Bur- Martin Burkett, he'd never scored half as many tries because he was such a good passer of the ball out to him. John Gulfillan, we don't tend to talk about very much, but Adrian Hadley was there as well. And uh, as he got older, he, uh, he, he just got the hang of the game more and more and used his weight and size. And the halfbacks, Frank Cassidy was a clever little player, he was, without a doubt. And Steve Kerry, always so enthusiastic for everything that he did and loved to go off on his own, make his darting little runs and could kick goals. And in the forwards, the two props were really tough guys. Mick Worrell, who I can remember signing from Oldham when he was an international, I think. So he very good. And Shane Hansen, whose son also played at Salford for a short time after playing, playing for Wigan. Um, and in between him, Mark Lee, who was a hooker, who was just an ever-present for so, so many matches. And Arthur Bradshaw has got to be everybody's favourite because if any player played above his weight, then Arthur was the man. And he was so enthusiastic and he'd be running everywhere to make the tackles and, and take the ball up forward. And then Ian Blees, I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> and in this season, in the, this season, I do remember, and I hope this is correct, that Ian Blees uh, broke the record for, and I think still has, the most number of tries scored by a forward in the shortest period of time in one match. Because I think he scored three tries in 20 minutes. And I don't think I've always done that. And uh, it, it's not discredited a little bit by the fact it was only against Runcorn Highfield because they all have to be scored. But that was Division 2 in those days. Uh, and Andy Burgess, every Salford lad who just always gave his heart and soul to it. And the two substitutes were Mick Dean, who'd arrived at some point during the season uh, as a hooker, and he was the guy who finished up on the wing. Uh, and Ian Sherratt, another tough forward, only two substitutes. And boy, weren't they needed as the game unfolded. So those are the guys we've got to thank for it, all distinctive in their own way. So, uh, so when the game got underway, it wasn't the best of my commentaries, I must say. Well, let's well, stop you there, Steve. Just talking about your, your commentary, you, you could sense the excitement of in, in yourself. And Absolutely. You know, I've watched the game back and I felt there was a lot of tension. I think both teams, like, you know, really were nervous. You could see in the early stages, there was a lot of kicking going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I want to point out the first brawl that took place, right? It was yeah. from a scrum and um, Steve Kerry in the scrum, yeah. the scrum kind of collapses and Steve Kerry puts the boot into somebody in the scrum, okay? Yes. And yeah. you, being the, the, be the defence... <laughs> <laughs> kind of defends him. He's a mild man. He's a mild man. You know, he's, he's very mild. I don't think he did anything wrong. But yeah. when you look back, obviously it was the emotion of it all. Uh, it but was. it was, it was, it was a, it was, a, it was a big moment that because obviously both sides were tense, and I think that settled everyone down. Uh, well, I think you're right, and it was a big surprise. And can I use that as an example? But Ian Peacock, who's another great Salford fan, as you know, he was the writer or editor of the 
of the Scarlet Turkey fan magazine at the time, he did a skit on my commentary. He picked out half a dozen incidents in the following magazine of what had happened. He described on one side of the page what was going on and what I said yeah. next to it. And, and part of it, Steve Kerry, I just couldn't believe. I think it actually went back a little bit before that with Steve Kerry because I think he was chasing the ball earlier in the game and frightened the life out of Southernwood, their scrum mm. half, because he kicked out at him. I think just, just so out of character from everything else. And so there you are. Not the best of commentary for me because of the excitement. And then the game got underway, Rob, you're right. Yep. And it was a really close game. I mean, it was a win in the end, 27-20. But in reality, the, uh, the, the lead was changing hands several times as it went on. There were... Um, Four tries apiece, and it was all down to goal kicking in the end. I can yeah. remember Steve Kerry's first try, where he really just ran around not his opposite number from nowhere, nowhere to score. And, uh, everybody contributed so much. It was a good team. Um, you know, for, for a second division, it was too good for a second division team. And, uh, and some of the names from that bygone era, long gone era, but it was also perhaps the start of something else during the 90s where things were on the up overall. Yeah, there was definite, you know, you could feel the excitement, obviously, in the try as well. Long range tries from, from Salford, yes. uh, you know, the Steve Kerry made by uh, Steve Gibson, uh, the, the first one, yeah. uh, and Tech Sevens involved as well in, 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 the, in the score. Yeah. And it kind of showed that, you know, we, we could move the ball about. I know yeah. in the game, I, I thought personally that, that the Salford's tactic was to kick Halifax deep and make them play out. But it was quite dangerous because Halifax knew how to throw the ball about as well, didn't they? So it was a kind of a of you know risky. It was risky business, really. But we we we, did, yes. we got there in the end. Yes, and partly because there were only a couple of occasions that Greg Austin was in a position where he could use his pace against us, and he was he was tattled fairly quickly. But I think he he. Uh, he did, did he score one of the tries, or did he support one of the tries? He made what well, I think he made burst right through, one. didn't he? Yeah, um, that's right. And once he was going, there was, there was just no catching him at all. And then the injuries started to happen in the second half. Mm. It really went down. Hadley, I don't think, finished. And we finished up with Mick Dean, the, the hooker, playing on the right wing. You know, it was just unbelievable because there was only two substitutes in those days. And all the niggles that you quite rightly identified showed themselves in the fact that there were one or two injuries. So, so it was as much a relief to get there. So the final score, as we know, was 27-20, but it felt a lot closer than that all throughout. Yeah, obviously looking back at the, the, the first half in particular, uh, Roy Sutherland scored for them to make it four all, and then we had a bit of a, a purple patch. We had a drop ball from, from Cassidy and also a drop goal, I think, from Kerry to make it 6-4. Then just before half-time, Brendan Hill, like you said, the big forward, uh, went over for good. And they went in at half time in front. Um, uh, I thought, really, against the run of play, really. Salford had them sort of frustrated. But them to score just at half time, could it, for a lesser team, it could have sucked the wind out of them, couldn't it? But this team, yeah. you know, full of character, stood up to that and, and, and built on that in the second half. Yeah, it was only in the second half that we really saw a lot of ball movement as each turn, each team recognised in turn that it didn't want to get too far behind. And as you say, second half, we saw a lot of ball movement. We got saw the lead changing hands several times before Salford finally got on top. Um, and then it, it was all a little bit 
spoilt. That's not the right word. The victory wasn't spoiled. Well, there was that really big fight at the end. Yeah, which we want to get onto that, Steve. You know oh, where no. where you, you you obviously I think it was who was it? It was the it was uh, Peter Brown. Peter Bra- is it Peter Brown and um, yeah. Bradshaw? Yes. Had a bit yes, of a ding dong, and you and you. Yeah. With your impartial ways, decided that you wanted yeah. to hang Peter Brown yeah. <laughs> at one point. Um, and, and yeah, I suppose the emotions running high, weren't they? Um, yeah. and, and that's, I suppose, being what it was, you know, that, that's yeah. what it was. You know, players get super excited, don't they? And, and yeah. the will to win. And to be fair, Halifax were yeah. coming back into it at that end, that stage. And so we're hanging they on were. a little bit, weren't they? But yeah. it yeah. shows that, that, you know, we can't date the, you know, them guys dug in and got the result. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, they were coming back into it. And that added to the frustration from the Halifax point of view, because I think they thought in their build-up that they were going to take Salford, that they weren't as good as, as their position in the league had suggested, because the teams that they played, the Yankeeshire teams, because mm. we played Charlie Borough, Trafford Borough in those days, um, for, for that season, weren't as good as the equivalent Yorkshire teams. Even though, interestingly, Halifax had scored more points than Salford, and it was a high-scoring uh, season, but uh, Halifax had let in more points as well. So it all got to the end, and it was just a relief when the final hooter went, and uh, there was no sound from the uh, Halifax fans, understandably, and all you could hear was the Salford fans round the stadium. And by that time, because it was a double header, it was witness playing somebody, um, wasn't it, in the next game, which was the Division One. So they had Salford finished the game to a full house, virtually, um, for the big fight. And Peter Brown had played for Salford a couple of years earlier, so it almost looked, looking back, that it was personal that Peter <laughs> Brown had gone after somebody. I'm not sure about that, whether it was somebody he played with in his earlier time with Salford. But it was such a pleasure and a relief, relief to see the season ended like that. Yeah, and playing some, some, yeah, and playing some good rugby as well. Uh, the second yeah. Steve Kerry try made by by Gibson again, uh, going fully what 50, 60, 70 yards to, to go by the post, made out of nothing from Steve Gibson, sort of jinking his way through the the Halifax yeah. defence. And you know, it's moments like that fans remember forever, don't they? Well, that's absolutely right. You can't forget them. I agree with you. Um, but we do have the benefit of being able to look at it again now. Thanks thanks to Micron Video and the wonders of modern technology, we can look at it whenever we want on YouTube or where, wherever we want. Obviously, you can look at it with the sound down. So you can spare my <laughs> no, I was, was going to say that, Steve, because your, your, your voice is the <laughs> iconic voice. And how does that make you feel? Obviously, because these soul, soul fans can watch this on Red Devils TV now, uh, and, yeah. and your your voice is in, encapsulated in kind of a, a time capsule, let, let's say, well, of, of Soul for Red Devils. Very, uh, well, it's very nice, of you, very nice of you to say. It doesn't feel like that. There were many times when, you see, there was, when I was doing it with Jim, we had great contrasting styles. When it got exciting and Jim was commentating, he just shut up because his excitement was overtaken and he couldn't speak. When self was doing exciting things, my mouth went into overload yeah. and I couldn't <laughs> shut up. He went quiet and I couldn't shut up. And then, then well, it was, it just could become a bit, the emotion of it shows why you need impartial commentators to do things properly. But, uh, but I enjoyed it for me, a great day and a great result. 
right, I was exhausted for a week after that. I yeah. almost have to have a week of week of work. What did you do after the game, Steve? What's what things did you well, do I to went, celebrate? Well, well, we went down and we watched the other game, but that all passed by in a bit of a blur to me. Because by then I think I'd learned that it was going to be Martin Afire's last game for witness, and we were sat among the witness supporters. So I kept passing that around. It's Afire's last game, you know. Why did people up? They got sidetracked. But then it was back home, and well, even now, Rob, we get home, don't we? And we shattered. We just put, we just do all the tackles with them, even if they're on the, the television. I'm holding my breath. It's, it's just nothing like it, is there? Suppose it's, that, it's that link between sort of fans and, and players. You live every tackle, you, yeah. you play every ball, yes. you make every tackle. Yeah. It's 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 kind of that yes. bond that that will never go away. No, it'll never go away. Um, and was, I it, was, it, a big, was it a big following that day for Solver fans? Was there a lot of Solver Oh, it there? seemed to be. It was, as ever, a very noisy following. And they, all, they were always, and as you are, they still are, the Salford fans always make a lot of noise. So, yeah, there were plenty. They're not as many as the Halifax fans because, you know, they were expecting big things as well. And uh, and then we had great excitement at the end of the game. It was just a bit of disappointment that the players had to go right down the tunnel so soon because they had to get the next game underway. But it was a you know wonderful end to a wonderful season. Brilliant, Steve. Big thanks for joining us on the, the Devil of the Detail podcast. You're most welcome. Thanks very much, Rob, for asking. Big thanks to Steve Rami Ramsbottom for his input in this pop-up podcast as we celebrate Salford Devils' second division premiership win against Halifax at Old Trafford. The next show, we're going to be joined by Martin Burkett and a host of other Salford players and fans to give us their memories of the big day and uh, talk us through the game. So big thanks to this week's uh, pop-up podcast, Eyebrow Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devon the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contacts, or Spotify. See you soon. (laughs) 